Matt Brown. We need to have him on here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then he's the guest, yes. and we run the show. <gasps> yes. yes. <laughs> How to question Matt Brown. <laughs> Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. Together, we're cultivating real conversation, real community, real lives. Join Tammy Brown and Melody Workman of Sandals Church as they discuss real issues and empower women to cultivate truth, live out their faith, and connect with a community of kindness. Hey, you guys. We're here for this episode of the Cultivate Podcast. Hey, hey. I'm here with Melody Workman, one of my best and dearest friends. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today. Um, One of the questions that Melody and I get asked probably most, like more than the Bible, (laughs) more than... (laughs) Which, thanks for that. (laughs) More than than about anything is about our friendship Mm -hmm. together, which is funny. And and we just recently sort of put this together that that's our most frequently asked question. question. Yeah, which which I think is funny, but I also think it's... I think it's great that women are curious because... I think that there's just this underlying belief that maybe deep, real friendship that's not shallow or surfacey or never getting into the weeds is not a real thing. Yeah. But we're here to say that it, it is. is possible. It is. So we, we've had a good laugh about it. But today we, we thought, let, let's talk about that. How to be the best kind of friend to others. Um, another way to see it was how to have real friendship, mm-hmm. how to... Be the friend. I mean, there's just so many things about friendship and women that we could get into. So the Bible clearly talks so much about Mm -hmm. friendship um, and what it should look like, but also can talk about things that make it go wrong. Yeah, which is usually our own sin issues. But here's what I thought was really interesting. We had, um, you know, we had dinner at your house a few nights ago with like women on our ministry team. Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful night. You obviously throw the best parties. Throwing that in there. Not a big deal, but it is. (laughs) Um, Because if you're coming to my my house, it's crepe paper and plastic plates. So probably pink because that sounds like it would be pretty. Um, (laughs) But we had women go around and share about a time when someone was unkind to them. And every woman at the table... um, it was from first grade. It was from middle school. It was from a month ago. And I think that that's something that all women have in common. If you're in your thirties, your forties, if you're three, if you're four, if you're 13, mm-hmm. 14 is women in friendship can be unkind, can be um, hard. And so developing true friendship, developing friendship that's really biblical in the way that it's lived out, I think is actually rare. Mm-hmm. And I think for Christian women, we should really be about changing that. I agree. Didn't you think it was so interesting? I, I was after the event and I was going to bed that night. I was talking with Matt and just talking about how it, I was so um, captivated by the details that people had mm-hmm. because we had asked the women to share, like share an unkind moment. They were all attached to women friendship. Yep. But the details in them, like, I remember it was a Sunday night and I was five. Mm-hmm. Or, because I could ask you, like, tell about a kind moment or a good time. But the details surround, they just, unkindness and, like, her in friendship gets so cemented. Yeah. Because I think we internalize it. We make it about who we are. Yeah. Um, that's one of the downsides to it is, is I think that women always make it about who we are instead of about who someone else is or mm-hmm. what they've gone through. So that's something we can maybe get into a little bit later. But I was I was so, yeah, just surprised by the side details that weren't even relevant, mm-hmm. but they are to that person. Like, I remember it was night. I remember it was day. I remember yep. the exact words. I remember... I was in the, the seventh grade right. or whatever. Um, and so it's just friendship for women... It leaves a mark. Yep. And um, I think that's probably why, without thinking about it, I mean, we, we're clearly not going like, hey, let's <laughs> <laughs> let's show everybody what it really looks like. I mean, it's just been an, an interesting thing because I think people, I'm wondering if women just don't believe that mm-hmm. it can be sincere right. or it can be real or you really like each other or is it for show or social media or right. for the the good of cultivate or yeah. branding or something like that, which I can tell you it's not. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's, and I think that's the other, the other part of it that 
I hope today really helps women understand is um, great friendships take hard work. They, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, Hey, I'm just, I'm naturally attracted to like, we naturally either have things in common or I just like being around you. But I think that's like the first layer. That's the first Mm -hmm. level. I think to really establish a deep and abiding friendship, one that's like (laughs) solid and rooted um, it takes digging. It takes hard work. It takes um, hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have we've have had we all ever, of those. Have we ever had a hard conversation, Melody? <laughs> <laughs> Only a few they times. They usually start out like this. It's me going, I'm not okay. <laughs> and I say, we're not breaking up. That's how it goes. <laughs> and then we can proceed because my biggest fear is always as a six on the Enneagram that it's the beginning of the end, that we're at risk. And yeah, so that's really good for me. What would you say that, is one of your most important things in a friendship? Well, the Enneagram, again, has been super helpful in just me being able to really identify and then voice what I feel inside. And so one of the high marks of an eight is understanding if people are really for you or against you. Mm. And so throughout my life, um, back to when I was younger, all the way up to when I was a pastor's wife, um, I've gone through being betrayed like someone saying I'm for you or someone saying I'm with you, someone saying, yeah, we're friends. And then behind my back, it was a different story. Mm. So that piece of I'm for you and I really mean it. And Mm -hmm. what that looks like is you're not just telling me you're for me. You're not just, you're not telling me you're for me, but then I'm always wondering in the back of my mind what you're saying to other people, but it's I'm for you. And when I'm not with you, Mm -hmm. everyone else knows that I'm for you too. Mm -hmm. That for me is like, that's a, that's a, you get to be now in my inner tribe because I'm not nervous or worried that you're celebrating me in my face and yeah, you're so awesome. And then you're turning around and, um, cause when, when that comes back, that's, that's more crushing to me than mm-hmm. anything. Um, we, we, we laugh about when I say you can talk about me behind back and I really don't care. Like <laughs> most of the time that's really accurate. I really don't. But if you're, if I've brought you in close mm-hmm. and you're, you're sitting in that, that kind of inner circle, mm-hmm. which sidebar, Jesus had an inner circle, which maybe we can circle back to what that actually means. Not everybody has to be in your inner circle. That's, mm-hmm. that's one thing about friendship. But if I've brought you in that close then that for me is like the, the do or die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the inner circle thing is is interesting for me, especially in the position that I now find myself in. Yeah. Um, just being the pastor's wife here. And um, I think one of the things that has surprised me or I didn't expect or I was naive about is um, just what that does with people. You know, there are people who want to be friends with the position mm-hmm. and not really me. Yep. Um, that's an interesting thing I've had to figure out over the years. Um, and with the inner circle, some people just want to say they're in the inner circle with me right. or Matt. Um, and that usually goes really wrong mm-hmm. because I forget that or I don't realize it. Um, and it, it tends to to go wrong when that's the motive of it. So, but at the same time, the idea of, you know, I've, I've had so many coffee dates. <laughs> Whew, don't invite me to coffee, people. <laughs> when I get a text like, hey, you want to get coffee? Even if it's from you, I get like triggered in my stomach like, I'm not okay because I've, I've been on in early days. I am wise enough. I don't do this now when someone asks me for coffee. I ask why. Yeah. Because I've showed up at so many dates where I'm like, oh my gosh, I miss you. We just haven't been able to connect because I had three small kids and I'm trying to work full time when I was a teacher and also doing sandals. And and we get to the coffee date and it's like, I just, I need to ask your forgiveness, which seems fine, right? Initially like, oh, why? <laughs> We're good. Well, because I've been talking about you behind your back because whatever, because I've been mad at you because I'm a B friend instead of an A friend, like A group, A list, B list, Mm. C list. I'm thinking about Southwest (laughs) Airlines right now. (laughs) You know, like boarding or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But um, that's been such a tricky place because the truth is I I, I don't super categorize people like that Mm -hmm. intentionally. Yeah. But there is a reality that some people you just connect with, whether you've had a long history together, so you know they're safe. Some of the people that, not all, but some of the people that are are my closest friends are just people that have 
been in my life for a really long time. They mm -hmm. knew me when there was no sandals. Yeah. They still know me now. You know, the flip side of that is interesting because we've also lost a lot of friends mm -hmm. since sandals has grown because people are like, you guys have changed. Do you think you're all that now? You're, we've had friends, family members. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, we're just trying to keep it together over here, <laughs> right. you know? Um, but the truth is we all change and grow up, hopefully. Mm -hmm. I'm not the person I was when we started when I was 22 years old. Yeah. You know, I'm 45 now. And I've learned more about me, who I want to be, who I'm not going to pretend to be anymore. Yeah. Um, kind of a deal. And so friendship has just changed for me so much over the years. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's, it's. I think it's liberating for women to understand that Friendships can have seasons. Absolutely. And as seasons change and friendships change, I think that I think that one of the things that, you know, sits at the core of why women struggle with friendship is really um, deep insecurity. Mm -hmm. And those are things that friends can't fix for you. Mm -hmm. And yet you, I think one of the things that women need to practice is how to be aware of what those insecurities are because they for sure come out they for sure get triggered by things that happen within friendships. And so, you know, if I'm harboring an insecurity, like someone's going to, you know, someone's going to rise up against me. So I'm walking around looking for who to cut. That's going to, that's going to play out in my friendships. That's going to come out like, whoa, like put the armor down or unclench your fists. You right, know? right. And for you, the same thing. And, I, but I think, so I, just, just to say friendships do have seasons um, and yet I think that you can navigate those with kindness, mm -hmm. um, but that we should just be real about that. Absolutely. And I think what I wish I knew then that I knew now is, um, is exactly that, that when a season ends, I used to like try to recreate what it once was or try to hold on to what it once was and then turned it into something bad. Yeah that it changed or ended instead of understanding that there is seasons. There there are times in life where you're connected or bonded um, for a certain reason or time or proximity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had time where, where I, you know, for 10 years, Matt and I lived in one house and one of my next door neighbor, she, I loved her. Like we were super close. We moved, we weren't close anymore. And it wasn't that she was bad, I was bad, that we did something. It was like the... The beauty of that proximity provided such an opportunity for friendship that then was taken away. Yeah. But it felt like something bad. Now, on the backside of things, I just, I'm better at going, okay, just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. And yeah. I think women struggle with that. When a totally. season changes, it's like, oh, well, you must be bad or you've changed or I've changed or, but life changes. Yep. You know, there's been seasons, like I know- I know for me and for young moms now, there, there's not a ton of capacity for a ton of extra friends because you're so in the trenches. Yep. Um, and then there's a season where you have all kinds of capacity. Then, and I know this for myself, that I went through a season of capacity where like any extra time I had, I wanted to spend with my adult daughters. Now, they're not my best friends. They're still my daughters. But it's time and life and work and there's just so much to, that goes into friendships yeah i think we're way harder on each other than we ought be yeah and well, i didn't know that then <laughs> what would you say then would be your maybe your primary um value when it comes to friendship um for me i mean clearly one of my primary values is loyalty um but also truth like truth and love for me because I value clarity so much and truth. So I'm a person that can have hard conversations. Yes. Um, because they, <laughs> <laughs> I can have really hard conversations because I would rather know how we actually are. Totally. Than pretend. Yeah. Some people are great pretending, like, let's just not argue. And that's, some people are better at that. I'm not. I have to be able to say, Hey, I'm not okay. Hey, I felt this way. Hey, I experienced you in this. Hey, this is making me yep. not feel safe. Um, 
The truth is now at 45, I know that the closest people in my life have to be people who can deal with that part of me. Right. And not run from it, not be like, not me, you, or, um, and can own like, oh yeah, trust me enough in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and that's a loyalty. It's like a truth and a loyalty piece. And I think that's one reason that our friendship, you know, to go back to the original question is, is strong is because I value clarity so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't have time for inauthenticity and you can't stomach it. <laughs> so we're just like, something stinks here. We're going to dig deep and figure out what it is. And I think what that dynamic is between us isn't about the, I mean, it's it's about who we are as individuals coming together. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think women should think through with, with the friendships in their life is, is being okay that some people aren't what you need mm-hmm. and you're not what they need. And instead of trying to force a round peg into a square hole in that way, yeah. um, is important to go, oh my gosh, I love you. There's so many great qualities about you because there are some things you just, I've had that with people where I'm like, I love so many things about you, but we can't have real conversation, mm. which does limit the depth and the freedom of our friendship. Yep. And that doesn't mean that person's bad or I'm bad. It just means it's it has a certain kind of limit to what that might look like. Right. Right. And so um, you are going to be you whether I'm in your life or not. That yeah. means valuing clarity, wanting directness. I'm going to be me. I think it's a dynamic that just works with us. Mm-hmm. And so I think we women need to be real about what that thing, what those things are for them. Yeah. Um, you know, in today's world, it's kind of like, uh, I just want to be everybody's friend. Um, I want to have all the friends. I want everybody to like me. And that's what I struggled with for so many years is I wanted everybody to like me. Mm. And that, But I was always in this angst. And the truth is because, and I don't mean this like like I disliked, but I would I would say, but do I like you? Like I am killing myself to get you to like me. But the truth is, I don't like how you talk to me. Mm. I don't like how you pursue me or you don't pursue me. I don't like how you believe about this or, you know, but I was so focused on you liking me that I for, I forget to focus on, but do I actually like you to, to invest this much energy? Yeah. You know, that that is, I'm going to, I just said something that I heard myself say, but my other non-negotiable is exactly that, is friendships it has to go both ways. Mm-hmm. In my world, there's a lot of relationships where it's me checking in on you, me making sure you're okay, me praying for you, me following up with you, and the door kind of swings one way. Mm-hmm. In my closest friendships, that door has to swing both ways. I cannot carry all the weight. Right. And I did that for so many years. Once I release that, that pressure of like, well, if I don't keep making sure that we're friends, mm-hmm. then we won't be friends and I won't have it. Once I release the the pressure of carrying the friendships, I realized what friendships went away. Yeah, I had to be okay with that. It was hard. That is not easy. No. Realizing like, oh, if I'm not for you, that's that's how we don't works. exist. Well, and that's something that we've talked about and cultivate, you know, the saying we figure out what we care about. And so- <clears throat> Time, capacity, seasons, seasons of life, all of those things factor in. But if you're away or I'm away, two, three days, one of us is texting going, hi, I miss you. Mm-hmm. How's your time? And if we don't get a quick response, it's not like, do they forget about me? Did she forget about me in Hawaii? Like there's not, it doesn't run to like risk. Hopefully I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're allowed. But it's more or less a sense of. She's resting. She's getting away. The assumption is good. Yes. that's And that's, I think that that, again, sits at the core of what good friendships are built on is, um, is believing the best. And that's built, that can really only be built over time of experience, experiencing the best from somebody else. I think that's one of the secrets, if you will, which is not a secret, but to us. And again, we're kind of going on this conversation based on the fact that we get asked all the time about, are you guys really that good of friends? But it, part of it is just season in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm older than you still, but we're still old enough to have 
learned the hard way about some things, figured ourselves out. Yeah. Um, I wish we could have done this younger. So maybe younger people hearing this can think about, oh, I'm going to think about what I want in a friendship. Do I like, what do I need? Mm -hmm. Less is more. But that idea that you were just talking about of um, being intentional to believe the best Mm -hmm. is, is, but it's something you have to practice. Right. Because I think our sinful nature makes us believe the worst. That insecurity you talked about, because that is such a big force in us, especially the younger we are. Mm -hmm. We don't know who we are yet, or we know, but we're not okay with it. But um, to start to cultivate the art of believing the best about other people is really important. Huge. And having the kind of friendships that we want. And you can't really go deep with someone if you don't trust them. So if that's not solidified early on, or if that's not like something that's cemented in your mind, your friendship is really only going to go so deep. Um, I wrote down, as we were talking about this, I wrote down three characteristics of a true friend that for me, I think sit at the top of of my list. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's loyalty, it's celebration, and it's protection. And so loyalty, like, and that's one, I think that that's huge for both of us. So that's why it's Mm -hmm. a... It's a thing. It's like, this is a non-negotiable. This is a deal breaker. Um, One of the most painful things that ever happened to me in ministry was I was developing a friendship with with a woman at the church who was also on staff. And I was new there. I didn't know anybody. Like I was brand new, newly married, a teacher, figuring it all out. And she was, every time we hung out, it was like, you're awesome. This is awesome. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, I'm so grateful for this friendship. And then um, I entered into, you, know, you talk about being caught off guard. I I get a phone call from someone else on staff. It's like, hey, have you heard about this? And that this was a, a letter, a document that was going around about me that she had circulated. And Not I was... Good. Yeah, my aid at that time was really stifled because of fundamentalism. <laughs> but like, <clears throat> I was crushed. Like, I remember sobbing and and thinking, that's that's the most cruel thing to do to a person who thinks, this is my friend. And, and I think that moment, because I was in my mid-20s when that happened. I think that moment, um, what I've had to work through since then is the right amount of being guarded and being protective mm-hmm. of myself. And at the same time, being willing to be vulnerable and trust friendship, you know, friends again. Mm-hmm. So loyalty for me is is really huge. Um, celebration, which we've talked about so often, is really under. Am I like self evaluating? Am I really jealous? Do I have mm-hmm. jealousy or, or envy inside of me? Because if I do towards a person, I can't be a good friend to them. Mm-hmm. Like you just can't. It What jealousy breeds is bitterness and is resentment. I see a lot of jealousy and passive aggressiveness from people. Mm-hmm. It looks like one thing, but it's really jealousy at its core. Um, but genuine celebration, like I genuinely love who you are. I genuinely love who's who God's made you Thank to be. You. I know that if I'm going to a party or something that you've planned, it's going to be the best and I'm going to rave about it because I love seeing you do things that God has made you good at. And one of the things that, one of those things are making people feel valued and visible and mm-hmm. special when they come into different environments. It's a gift I don't have, um, but I stay back and I watch it and I watch people feel so cared for, so seen. No doubt in my mind, that's one of the reasons why God's grown sandals the way that he has, because your attention to detail with that. Mm-hmm. And so I just celebrate who you are in that. Like, I don't sit back and go, man, you know, I'm like, you're awesome. That's so, and women have to really dig deep if they can't get to that mm-hmm. place. Cause mm-hmm. that's really a you problem. I mean, that's really a me problem. Mm-hmm. That's a something's, something's funky inside of me that I can't legitimately go, I love you. I love who you are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we make that about the other person when it's really something mm-hmm. that's going on inside of us. And there's many times I feel God inviting me into the war room to go, we're going to do work on this. And I keep running out to go, but it's really them, you know? Yeah. And he's like, it's it's you. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in the spirit of being real, and you and I have talked about this before, like one of the biggest things in my life is hearing about how awesome Melody is. <laughs> <laughs> 
And and I'm going to say, you and I have talked about this, but it has made me have to go in that war room at times over the seasons is, you know, there's there's been seasons where I feel like I'm supposed to be like the speaker because I'm Matt's wife. Mm. When you know how I feel about that, like it's just, I would rather be setting up. I would rather be working, sweeping the lobby. I would rather be doing all the things and that. And we, you know, Mel and I have been together at places where people will go up, come up to us like after Cultivate when we've both spoken or it's just me and they'll be like, you know who my favorite speaker is? <laughs> you know, and then they're talking to me and I'm think, you know, I'm like, um, this is so sweet. And they're like a melody. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm right here. I just spoke, you know, um, but we can laugh about it because the truth is I'm like, I know me too, mm. you know, and I've had to guard myself from, from not holding, um, I don't know the right way to say this in particularly, but not holding against you what I'm not that you are mm. in that celebrating place. That's mm-hmm. that's what that war room has looked like a little bit. Yeah, at times, you for know, sure, like me too. Like, oh well, Melody's really good at this, so I need to become really good at this because that's I think that's what we do as women. Yes. You know, they love this, so I have to love it. They they do this, so I have to do it. And I think that's one of the things that we do well. And it doesn't just happen. That's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't just happen. I ha- I've had to work on this mm-hmm. and say like, no, it, I love that Melody's that way. I love that that Melody has these gifts because I don't, mm-hmm. but someone has to. And I love that someone can do it because otherwise I feel like I'm having to fill shoes that don't fit me. Yes. You know, by being that person at Cultivate or at Sandals or wherever. And, um, you know, I've had to work on, I think I called you once and um, I think that my friend who does massage listens to this. So, hey, Corinne. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for or, once it's not I, Susie. <laughs> I had, I had, no, it's Corinne. Like I had a massage one day and literally like 45 minutes of the hour was like, you know who's so awesome? Melody, <laughs> Melody, 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 Melody. I got out of the massage. I'm like, hey, that was awesome. Melody hearing for, about you for an hour and how awesome you are. Yes, Melody loves massages. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, I do believe it all and I can celebrate you. Mm. You know, and I have to say, you know, even Matt's challenged me on that. And I'll be like, so-and-so walked right up to, to both of us and said like, hey, Melody, we really want you to do this thing. You know, and there was some of that that has been like, oh, that was kind of rude. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, but I don't want to do it. So I'm so glad because it is your thing and it's the thing you're so gifted at, Mm. you know? And so I know that you and I can, you know, we've joked about and talked about it, but I just want to be real about the idea that it doesn't just happen. No, it takes work to be, to be like, I love you and I will be damned if I'm going to let my own jealousy ruin Mm. our friendship. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I, I will do the work about like, no, I, I, I intentionally, like when good things happen for you, I try to be intentional to be, to celebrate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that you've done so well for me that I didn't know I needed until we had it is I feel like you're, you are, I don't know if this is how this looks for you, but it's how you do. I don't know how it plays out for you, but I feel like you've studied me mm. in a way. I don't know how else to say that, but You've learned me in a non-stalkerish way. Yes, you've learned me though. When I say something, you understand what I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. Like if I say I don't want this, you can go here's here's how she needs that to be, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And you're intentional to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, for me in a way I didn't know I needed, and I think that's what I would say to people listening: is the people that matter to you, um, you need to learn them. Yeah. And say, it's important, you know, because we can spend time doing things for each other that don't really matter yeah. or it can even be an annoyance. But what does matter and and practice those things in the friendship. And the reason why that's so important is because, you know, the third, the third value that I talked about is protection. And when you, when you want a deep friendship with someone, you feel protective of them. And so, mm-hmm. you know from the very beginning of our friendship and a lot of it does have to do with the fact that I've grown up in the church and my dad was a pastor. And even though it wasn't on this scale, you're still the, you're still the person, you're still the people at the top getting observed and scrutinized and criticized. And so I've, I'm protective of you. And at the same time, 
I want you to know that what you say, what you think matters to me. Mm-hmm. So the way, the way that I want to challenge one with this is there's this tension to manage inside friendship that says, well, I want to be in a friendship where I can be who I am. Well, me too. Like I want a friendship mm-hmm. where I can be who I am. At the same time, you need to be the friend inside of a friendship who cares about how the other person is too. Mm-hmm. It's not just here I am. And if you don't like me, leave me. Mm-hmm. It's also here I am. Thank you for seeing and valuing me. And now I'm going to see and value you. Yeah. And culture, sometimes we get this message twisted. It's just like, well, if, if they're not, you know, if you don't get me, then, well, I get you. <laughs> and I also, you know, I think it's in Proverbs. It says, I'm trying to look at the, it says in the same way that iron sharpens iron, a person sharpens the character mm-hmm. of his friend. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming the best version of myself inside of our friendship. Yeah, because I would you say challenge the same me, thing. and you'll say things. I, I don't mean the same thing. I'm like, yes, you are. Because <laughs> yes, agree with that. <laughs> you are becoming better because of me. But but so it's it's a it's a tension to manage. Of yes, you should be in a friendship where you feel wholly seen mm-hmm. and wholly cared for and wholly valued. But you should also be in a friendship that's challenging you because we're all sinners Mm -hmm. who need to be challenged. And it's easy, you know, like I was saying, like I've had to work on not being jealous, on not comparing. You know, comparison wrecks friendship. I've had to not compare your giftings with mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And because that, you know, that just makes us go sideways. And Mm -hmm. that, like I said earlier, like, well, they're good at this. I have to like this. I think one of the things that we have, I don't know why exactly, but we have it. And it's something to maybe for women to think about in their own friendships is, is knowing who you really are. Um, We need to know who we really are and not lose that with other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that you and I have that for whatever reason is I know who I am. I'm not trying to be you. You know who you are. You're not trying to be me. Yep. Um, kind of a deal. And I think that that knowing who you are, knowing what you can tolerate. I spoke earlier about I have to be able to have direct conversations and not scare scare you off. Yeah. I have to, um, you know, be able to. You have to have someone in your life who's not constantly where you don't have to feel like you have to minimize who you are. Mm-hmm. That's what I see in you. Is mm-hmm. I see I see that in the past you've had to be less so that people didn't feel bad about who they were. Mm. And I, like I said, I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those people in your life Mm. because you have a big personality and an annoyingly abundance of gifts, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I never want you to have to feel like you can't be everything that you are Mm. so that I don't feel bad about me. Um, Kind of a deal. That is such a gift because what I've learned, and you told me this other day, you said, you've hit 40, you know what you want, you know what you like now, you know what you want, <laughs> you know where you want to go. There's so much truth in that. Mm-hmm. Because what I've realized now is that while, while God's made me to be who I am, God's made you to be who you are, at the end of the day, we give an account for that. Mm-hmm. We stand before him and we go, here's what you gave me, here's, and here's what I did with it. And if we're constantly minimizing or we're constantly... Like, oh, no, well, you you do it. Or, oh, no, I'm not that. Then we're really not stewarding those gifts to the best mm-hmm. of our ability. And to go back to a funny thing, like when you said this, I thought of it, about knowing who you are inside of your friendship. For us, what that looks like, and I think it's really sweet and funny, um, I'm a huge football fan. Like, and you could care and less. I'm a huge not <laughs> so, right. football fan. But I'll be watching an Eagles game and I'll get a text from Tammy, like, something funny or sometimes one time you sometimes were making I'm fun sorry. of me and <laughs> what have I done twice like if they lose you're like very careful with when you text me and how you text me which is you know I appreciate that but then the, on the other hand um when you you'll say you do this incredible job with cultivate of like creating the look which I'm just not good at I don't have eyes for and you'll go look at this you told me it was called a vision board mm-hmm. that Pinterest thing mm-hmm. Is it Pinterest or you yeah. do it yourself? Pinterest. I, right. Okay. See, but I don't, yeah. but you're like, look, and it looks so amazing. And I literally have zero ideas how you put something together and to watch that vision come together, like at our events and see women, how they respond when they walk into the lobby, how they mm-hmm. respond when you have something on their chair, how, 
you design the merch. That is all a lane. Which I would rather do. Yeah, and that's a lane that I'm like, four I days straight without sleep. Don't know. Rather than have to get up on stage. But it's such a gift, and I love to be able to go, you killed that macrame thing that you made. <laughs> I love it, you know? I want to get back to football for a second, because here's also <laughs> what I've done to Melody. I'm good with that. When the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, in the middle of it, I texted her and said, I'm not okay. I need you to call me right now. It's she an did. emergency. She did do that. <laughs> there was no emergency. I was a test. She's like, I will call you right now, but Tammy Brown, you better be serious. I'm like, I'm not serious. That was a real thing. I forgot about that. But, and I also love humor, so that's funny. Well, I'm, I'm like dying laughing on my end as I'm texting it like, I'm not okay. Like, let's see how serious Melody is about me. Do you remember when we were both at the Eagles game, the Eagles-Rams game? Yes. And like we weren't together. So, yeah. And why was I there? Yeah. I got invited. <laughs> But I'm sitting there and like, we were not expected to win the game. And so Adam and I are like laser focused and you're with Matt and he's like, Hey, cause I don't I watch my the binoculars. game. I, I look at people in the binoculars around the stadium. Like, Never wrong? looked at the field. Your face is so, I'm like, I'm really into the game. Like I, we really could win. I could really get excited. And I'm like, talk to me because I'm bored. I don't know what's happening. Why do they throw the ball that way? What, third down, fourth down? I don't, down what? I don't know. But then you came up with that killer illustration about the huddle. I did. Oh yeah. You remember that? I do get that. And I was like, that was like a mic drop. Cause like we're the huddle. Then we go out onto the field. It was your whole thing for Cultivate. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I resonated with that. I got all gladiator language. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, let's talk about this one real quick. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Mm. Gossip separates the best of friends. Yes. First thoughts on that, and then I'll give mine. First thoughts on that are, makes me want to cut a bee. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is what I see. This is what I've experienced. This is what I see. This is what my daughter's going through, who's in seventh grade. This is what your daughters are going through. Women, we are... We have to learn how to train our our tongues, mm -hmm. and we have to learn that our words matter, that our words hurt, that our words can destroy, and that our words can lift up. And so, for me, what I have, what I feel drawn to is I'm drawn to people who aren't drawn to drama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how I'll say it. I'm drawn to people who don't always have something to say about somebody. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just like. Okay. On that note, that's such a good thing. Um, women, as you're listening to this, I, I want you to think about the women in your life. And if they're always talking about people to you, I'm going to guess that they feel comfortable to talk about you when they're with other people. Mm. That is just a rule to live by. Um, and it's also a rule that you probably need to know that if you're always talking about people, regardless of whoever's listening or receiving, they're probably making note of who you are as a person in that. And yep. that's affecting the, the level of friendship. Yep. Um, I heard a message once and it, it made me think of this about words um, just being tethered. Mm -hmm. The idea that we're, our words are tethered to us. We think that we throw them out. And the Bible talks about them being tethered to us, you know. And I was thinking about like being a little kid playing tetherball, mm. which is what? Like a ball on a string attached to the pole. Yeah. And we put our words out there, but they're, they're still attached to us because they came from us. Mm -hmm. And just to think about some of the words that we've said that we don't think, we think we throw them out and they're gone. There's, yeah. a, there's a detachment, but they're tethered to us. We are tethered to our words. That's so good. And um, the, the last part of this verse says, you know, troublemakers plant seeds of strife. I, I wish I could say, like, who wants to be a troublemaker? Some people really do. Mm. I have learned that over the years. Some people do it innocently. It comes rooted in insecurity. Um, a lot of times I see it be rooted in jealousy of like, I see the super close friendship in the two of you. I want that. Mm -hmm. Or I'll feel good about me if I can break that up or point out whatever. Yeah. You know, and so um, I think friends need to protect friendships in that way. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that I, I have done unconsciously and sometimes consciously with you even is... Would I say this to Melody, mm -hmm. you know, in mm -hmm. conversation? Or 
I would never want to say something hurt, that would hurt you if it got back to you. Yep. I am guarded about that way in that being tethered way yep. is I think I would never want my hurt, my words to hurt Melody. Mm -hmm. And so I'm careful with them. Totally. We need to be that way about every word we say. Yeah. <laughs> but especially if we're looking for friends and friendship tends to be one of the things we hear about most, bad mm -hmm. friends, breakup friends. Um, and there are times, you know, you and I have talked about the idea of being friendly without being friends. Yes. And people, um, you know, they don't, nobody wants to say like, well, you know, well, I don't want to just be friendly. That means it's not real. It can be real. We don't, first of all, we don't have capacity to be friends, good friends with every single person we know. No one does. But also, um, but we do need to be friendly. I mean, mm -hmm. we're called to that. We're called to that type of kindness. Um, but there, there, it is okay that there are some people that you're friendly with and you don't become good friends with. Yeah. Um, that's okay. And it, it's not bad. It doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make you bad. If you're that way with somebody, if someone's that way with you, it could mean a ton of different things. Mm -hmm. They could think you're awesome, but then there's some things that don't drive. It could be time. Like it just going back to that thing, believing the best, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. about. And I think to go back to that, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was so friendly and so kind that children ran up to him. So even when you read that story and you mm -hmm. go, they're just flocking to him. Imagine how friendly and kind Jesus was. But then when you get to the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus has three friends with him. He's in the worst place of his earthly ministry mm -hmm. life. And he's the, when you read in, when he's in the garden, he, he is so distraught. He's sweating blood. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine and yet he just brings he just brings his three his inner circle and i remember reading that going oh that's okay then mm -hmm. it's so if jesus was the friendliest guy that children went up to him and masses of people and he he made time for them and he healed them and he fed them that was awesome mm -hmm. but then when jesus was like i need to i need to get away i'm not okay he he didn't bring every person that he'd ever healed or fed or ministered to he brought his three closest friends. And that was the reminder to me that that's okay. It's mm -hmm. okay to have a, a small inner circle that you just feel when, when you're at your highest of high or your lowest of low, they're your people. And, and I would encourage women who are hearing Melody say this right now is don't let anyone make you feel bad about that. Yeah. I have been corrected, challenged so many times about that, mm. which, which it's really people saying to me, why am I not in there? Right. You know, yeah. kind of a deal. Um, I have, I have the most amazing opportunity in my position at Sandals with the history we've had here to have hundreds of incredible friends, mm -hmm. but there are probably two, three, four, maybe that when I am like at my worst, not okay, upset with Matt, scared, whatever, that I that I'm like, eh. right. you know, who I just know, like I can be whatever. They're not going to hold me to it. I can. They're going to encourage me. They're going to speak truth to me. They're not going to let me believe lies. They're going to feel safe enough to challenge me. Mm -hmm. You know, the the flip side of of being in whatever kind of position is that people won't want to correct me because they're afraid I won't like them anymore. Yeah. And I have said this to you before, um, like we're going back to the iron sharpens iron is, Melody, don't let me stand on stage and embarrass myself. You know how I don't, you know, like yeah. tell me the truth. I yeah. don't want to be flattered. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that's what real friends can do is you know they love you mm -hmm. more than anything mm -hmm. and they're not flattering you with that. They're not right. just trying to, because that's about winning position. Yeah. Now at 45, I can tell when someone's motives with me, and this has nothing to do with sandals, but I can tell when their motives with me are about them, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. about who they want to feel important to. If they want, I can tell. Yeah. And I don't feel bad anymore about not feeding that. I used to. I used yeah. to feel like if I don't make every single person feel like, um, you know, like I would drop, well, drop anything for them, then... Um, they might not like sandals or they might not like me mm -hmm. or, but the people I was dropping was my children mm -hmm. and my husband for people who it was about them being able to say, oh, I have Tammy's number in my phone. Oh, I, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on here it says, a uh, friend is always loyal. Proverbs seventeen seventeen, 
And I've had to say, who who am I going to be the most loyal to at the end of the day? And yeah. it has to be Matt. It has to be my girls. It has yep. to be Ethan. And then those people who I can't... Mm-hmm not do you know you can't be loyal to everyone always and i don't mean i don't mean that by like then you're disloyal right i mean it when you say yes to something you're saying no to something else Mm -hmm. so i might be able to meet someone's expectation but it means i'm letting someone else down all the time i mean that's that's the that's the balance that i'm doing all the time i feel like in my life is who am i disappointing yeah (laughs) My, every day I'm like, who I'm disappointing so many people constantly. It's a lot to carry, but it's a real thing. But that's a pressure that my closest, closest friends I never feel like with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel I never feel like I said this to someone the other day. I was like, you know, it's funny because you and I actually don't spend a lot of time with each other mm-hmm. going out to dinner. Right. Or like hanging out, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. But because of the the jobs that we have and the roles that we play, we're doing those with people from church, from our ministries, people we love, we want to spend time with. We're not like, we're, we don't hang out that often, right? <laughs> For as good as <laughs> friends we again? are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, but we understand that about each other's world. Yeah, exactly. And so I tell women listening to say, think about the realities of your life. Mm. Who is in those same realities? Who who underst- who can you be safe with that your marriage is on the rocks? Mm-hmm. Who can you be safe with like, or have like, my, I have a ton of young kids, so do you. We get that. Our houses are set up for that. Right. Um, who, who are those people? Like you and I understand each other's world, and so we have grace for it. Yep. You need to, women need to understand their own world. Yeah. And surround themselves with people who also do that too. Um, One of the things I just saw on on another podcast that I listened to was this idea of um, ask for what you need. Mm. And that was really interesting to me because I think, um, I'm going to go down another avenue and see what you think, but I think sometimes women, myself included, we don't ask for what we need, but we expect you to know. Yeah. Then you don't do it and we're not okay. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is such a good deal. And it, it went on to say, like, ask for what you need. Like, hey, I'm looking for someone I can be real with, mm-hmm. that I can have connection on a regular basis with. Um, the truth is there's such bravery in that. Like I commented on it, like there's such bravery in that of because that's a vulnerability to say, here's what I want. Here's what I need. Yeah. Um, and going first, because most times I think the other person will be like, me too. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have a courage to go first to say it. But the flip side of that is to be ready to be able to hear, I love you. I don't have that to give. <laughs> right. You know, what I, there's two sides to that yeah. coin that are. There's got to be openness there. So what do you think about that idea of asking for what you need? Like, and why that matters? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's incredibly brave. And it's probably void in most friendships. Um, and where most friendships go south is, like you said, there was an expectation that was unmet. And now we can't be friends anymore. Whereas if you sat down and said, hey, like, I feel like we have a lot in common. I feel like we're, you're someone I want to connect with and get to know better. Um, you should know up front, like this would be me. My ministry life is really, really full. Um I, I'm an eight wing seven, so I like to have fun. But usually by the end of the day, <laughs> I want to eat chicken fried rice on my couch and watch like true something. Crime, true crimes, true, true crimes, right? Like, <laughs> um, I watch I'm, Teen Mom. <laughs> I also watch true crime. I also really like Shark Tank because they're powerful people oh, yeah. who are like, I can make your dreams come true. I can crush you. Yeah. I'm attracted to that. <laughs> um, but it's just like, that's just the reality of my life right mm-hmm. now. Um, I can't go out all the time. I can't do like we like I just I don't have the capacity. I have three teenagers, two teenagers, a preteen. <sighs> yeah. So it's just my husband's a, a pastor. So like it's just really full. And so I know that I don't have a ton to give. So I'm so grateful that you get that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to explain that to you. I don't have to go, hey, I'm really sorry. I had this other, like, that's your world too. And so it is really important to have people in your life who get the space where you're in mm-hmm. and they give grace for that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't see friendships flourishing when you have an expectation of someone that they're just unable to meet, but they're striving or they're trying, but they're constantly disappointing you. Maybe that's a thing that you're like, you know what? This was more of a seasonal friendship and that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, the, the better 
you get at those transitions of seasons ending, the better you're going to be. Yeah. Um, the more at peace you're going to be. Here's one thing I've spoken to my own daughters and been able to speak to women is here's what I've learned that God, here's what I've learned about God when it comes to friendships and seasons ending is that if you think of it like a, a sphere almost, like the world turning every day, you know, the moon coming up, the sun rising, that kind of a, a deal is every time the sunset, if you will, on a friendship, right around the corner, mm. God had someone that was more suited to my season or I was suited for theirs or what I'd learned in the past or how I've grown personally or just matured because life and time they were in that similar place or just a little ahead of me to help me grow in that next season. Like God has never abandoned me or left me mm. in that way. Now there might be periods of aloneness and in the moment I hate that, mm -hmm. but in hindsight, I appreciate that because I've had to say, am I okay? Yeah. Am I okay if I'm my friend? Mm. Am I okay if I if I have to pray instead of have someone to text yeah. right now? Yeah. And I learned that I am. And that I was, and um, that—that's the thing that I think also can make friendships go so drastically wrong is when we put who God's supposed to be on our friends. Yeah. Instead of praying to God, seeking God, reading our Bible, we want our friends to hold, carry, fix things they're not equipped or meant to carry, mm -hmm. and that—that that just suffocates and squashes. Friendships. And it also exhausts people. Right. And so that just becomes this thing of I'm carrying way more than I'm equipped to. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what's beautiful. I mean, in the Gospels, that's what Jesus says. He says, I have called you my friends. And I think more women need to spend time thinking about what does my friendship with God look like? How am I cultivating my friendship with God? Um, I know that I can bring the worst of me to God and never, mm -hmm. and never like, just weigh him down, mm -hmm. never make him go like, geez, Melody, you're a lot today. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, he's able to take all that I am, the good, the bad, uh, the hard, the things that we have to keep circling back to. And he's the one who can go, we can keep working on this. He's not exhausted mm -hmm. by my weaknesses. He's not exhausted by my struggles. And every friendship has to have healthy boundaries where we understand that other people are, are humans and they have a, a limited capacity. Mm -hmm. They have their own burdens that they're carrying. And so it's one thing to go, hey, I'm laying this down. I'm being vulnerable with you about this. It's another thing to go, but I don't expect you to fix it. Right. I just want you to be in it with me. Yeah. You know, one of the things that mistakes I think I've made and I've seen women make is this idea of best friend for life. <laughs> You know, or even the idea of one best friend, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people, that used to be my deal is like, am I your best friend? <laughs> I would, and I'm trying, I'm like spinning that wheel with 10 people at once. Like whoever's bestest, best friend I could do. I, I was ridiculous. Don't, don't do what I do, do what I say. But, <laughs> you know. Um, do what you do now. Here's the truth is that when I'm with you in friendship, there's parts of me that come alive and exist in mm -hmm. ways that they don't with other people. I have that with with uh, the person in my small group too. Mm -hmm. Like there's a part of me that like is so, um, it's like, I don't know, like a, the chemistry there is also a part of who I am. Matt says this about me all the time. He says, I love watching you with your sister because you're a certain person with your sister that you're not with anyone else because of that dynamic. Yeah. And so the idea of one person is, is too much for any of us to bear, honestly. And so to, to like minimize that expectation, but to realize that different people ignite different parts of who you are. So good. And so, but then not to think that everybody has to be that way. That's, yeah. that's kind of, it's, it's a, it's a real middle, middle ground. Okay. I want to, I want, you wrote a couple of questions here mm -hmm. for women to ask themselves. Yeah. So as we, as I wrote down those three things for me, like loyalty, celebration, protection, um, I think self-evaluation in friendship is really important. And so for loyalty, I wrote, you know, these are self-evaluation questions for you to ask to kind of know, am I the kind of friend that's attracting the right kind of friends? So ask yourself these questions. Are you trustworthy? Are you careful with your words? Do you really have their back? Mm. I think one of the lessons I've learned in my life is if you're not talking about me, that's okay. And good, I'm, I'm glad. But if you're talking about 
someone else that I love, someone else that I care for, mm-hmm. someone else or something that matters a lot to me. Like you may not talk bad about me, but if you're trashing sandals, sandals is a huge part of, of my mm-hmm. life. So that's not okay. So mm-hmm. really having someone's back is is caring for them and caring for the things that they care about. Oh, I love that. That's um, probably one of the things I love about you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> the celebration aspect. Um, really dig deep. Are you jealous? Mm-hmm. Like you have... Jealousy can surface and bubble when we're not even aware of it. Mm. You know, like I can walk into your house and go, gosh, like if I can make a room, like you, it's like something out of a magazine because you're so gifted at that. And if I'm not careful, I can go, I wish I could like, but instead what I do here, here's a little like side tip. When you feel jealousy bubbling up, change that into a word of gratitude for Mm -hmm. who God made that person to be. Because if you don't, if you indulge even the smallest thought, you go down a completely different track. Mm -hmm. So if it's like, I walk in, I'm like, man, if my room sucks compared to, but instead of go, God, you made, like, you're using this gift that she has of making spaces so welcoming, inviting that it's, it's caring for people and people are, people want to serve and want to be here because you're so good at that and reverse Mm -hmm. that thought in your mind. So jealousy, do you have genuine joy for her successes and her achievements? And then I think this is really the pinnacle question. Do you celebrate who God's made her to be? Mm -hmm. I mean, God's the, God's responsible (laughs) for making us who we are. Um, And then the, the protection piece, um, can I be trusted to hold the things that she shares with me? And then am I, this is huge. If you need to challenge or confront a friend, be protective of who, who she is and ask yourself this question. Am I wise, loving, and prayerful with the way I challenge or confront her? Mm-hmm. It's truthful conversations, direct conversations are necessary, but the way in which you have them is also really crucial to how they're going to go. Absolutely. And But here's the thing. If you never try it, <laughs> right. you're not going to learn how to do it. So so when you do it and you're like, oh, I did that wrong, give yourself grace, but learn from it. You know, the more you practice it, the better you get at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that's been true for me and you. You know, sometimes we've been so clumsy with our words or clumsy with the approach or whatever. But it's like, oh, oh I could have, you know, we've just learned. I could have done it this way. I could have, you could have done it this way. Um but if you never give it a shot, mm-hmm. you're never going to grow at it. So don't be afraid to get it wrong. Yeah. Because that's how you learn how to get it right yeah. in friendship. Most of everything I know is because I've gotten it wrong. <laughs> Same. Um, okay. So before you go on to some next steps we have for people, I just want to, I'm, I'm literally going to just bullet point because we're getting low on time around here. <laughs> um so a couple things um, to do on people if you, to start developing good friends. Some of them will go the extra mile. Some won't at all. But um, how to um, focus on the good in people. Mm-hmm. You know, we can focus on the bad or focus on what they're good at and are bad. But to focus on what's good about them, you said that. To let go of grudges. Yes. Which is biblical, (laughs) right? (laughs) Not just about having good friends. Um, Being kind, but not overly kind. And and that's going to strike some people, but we are called to be kind, but not overly kind. And I used to get this so wrong. I would do and do and do and do and do and do for people to try to cement the friendship. Mm. And they were connected to what I did for them, not me. So good. And so don't be um, inauthentic in your kindness. Um, be grateful, like you said, to who they are. Um, know who you are. We said this earlier, our own standards, boundaries, things we know about ourselves and don't compromise on them. Mm-hmm. Um, ask for what you want, what you need. We covered that. Here's one that's really important. Keep developing yourself and be the best version of you because then the best version is going to show up in that friendship. And that's a beautiful conversation to have with a close friend. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm learning about myself. Mm-hmm. Then you're inviting them into that as well. And that's so crucial and helpful for them to know. And yeah, exactly. And just, um, but I, I would add this little like side part to it. Figure out who you're the best version of yourself around and be around them more. Hmm. And the pers- people that you're the worst version of yourself and ask yourself why and and figure out what needs to change there. So, so It's really good. So I'll let you go ahead and wrap this up. You have a couple next steps for women yeah. on this. And then we're just going to wish you guys good luck out there. <laughs> I, would, I would say first, um, who's an amazing friend to you? 
And when's the last time you told them? Like, thank you for the kind of friend that you are to me. Um, take them to lunch, celebrate them, text them. Just when I, when I get a text that just says, I'm so grateful that you're in my life or I'm so that that took five seconds, but mm-hmm. it enriches me and puts wind in my sails. But doesn't it also sales. motivate you? Yeah. To, to be that person more? Totally. Yeah. And it, it reminds me that what I'm doing in, inside of our friendship matters, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then I think the self-evaluation part is so good. Um, th- these are the questions I ask my daughter. And then I'm like, I'm asking these to myself. What kind of friend are you? And the hard question, which we've covered on here before Ask someone who you consider your close friend, how, how do you experience me? Um, and then the question, how can I be a better friend to you? Mm-hmm. And I think that those steps will really help kind of develop and strengthen the friendships that you have. And the self-evaluation piece might help you kind of take a step back and look more inward mm-hmm. into who you are mm-hmm. um, and to kind of go, what am I bringing to the friendship? Absolutely. And, and the thing to remember about friendship is... They're, it's, it's, they're not sedimentary. Like they're always, they're, they're living, mm-hmm. breathing things that are evolving and changing and growing as you evolve and change and grow. And so not to be so close fisted about them, yeah, um, about your own growth and just, and let, like, let them grow the way that, that we're growing and know that you're never going to reach. I, I don't think we're ever going to reach a place where we're like, you know what? All my friendships are awesome. <laughs> Life is, a, I don't need anymore because you're limiting what you have. Don't be so close fisted and hold on too tight to things that friendships that were seasonal that need to move in the past. Like they're like waves. They come in, they go out mm-hmm. until the day we die, we're going to be trying to cultivate friendship. Yep. That's just a reality of, of life. So yep. hope you guys have learned something here and hope, and, and our biggest hope is that as you become a better friend, that this value of kindness is something that just mm-hmm. becomes a showcase piece of your life because at the core, that's what I'm drawn to in you. Mm-hmm. That's what we're drawn to in, in other friends or people who are genuinely kind. So throw that stuff around like confetti, <laughs> be a good friend to somebody today, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.